right, we're back. Hello? Hey. You there? Okay, another week, another dollar. What? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's another day, another uh, dollar. Another day, what? another dollar, that's what it is. Who All am right. I? Who am I to correct you, Brandon? Mm, yeah, it's been a rough week. Why is that? Uh, work is uh, killing me, oh. and yeah. I just keep saying and doing stupid things all week. More than usual. Oh, more than okay. usual. Okay, more than usual. Go. Yeah. Yeah. I um, do a lot of that. Well, oh. I have to work for 20 hours a week unpaid and then work for almost 20 hours a week paid. So mm. that's my life. Yeah. The life of a grad student. A student, yeah. Anyways. All right. We're it's here. great. It's great. I love yeah. it. We're not here to talk about our problems. Yeah. No one cares Just about Just other that. people's problems. We only care about murder. Yeah. Okay. All right. You uh, can go. I uh, can go. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what's funny is last week, um, when we were like trying to decide what we wanted to do, I was like, "Oh, I have one, but it's in Florida, so let's do like flo- cases in Florida." And you're like, "Okay, well, I wanted to do this one, so maybe we can do that next time." And I was like, "I think that happened in Florida, and it turns out it did." So sure enough, you got to do what you wanted. Yep. Anyway. I thought it was because I saw her name come up on headlines again, but I didn't really know the story. Oh I got God. a hair. It's awful. I got a hair in my mouth. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> um, so. It reminded me of the. Uh, the concert the last, night. last yeah. night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Metro show and the singer was like singing this slow, like heartfelt song. And she was like, I got a fucking hair in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and she like just had to stop. It yeah. It was pretty funny. So, um. Okay, uh, doing the case of Casey Anthony. Oh, Anthony, the world's worst mom. The yeah, the well, she didn't do it. Uh huh. Yeah. So the murder. Uh, so she's accused of the murder of. Actually, I should just say she did murder Kaylee Anthony. Kaylee, right? That's what I said. Yeah. Kaylee. I couldn't yeah. hear you. Oh, Kaylee Anthony. Okay. Uh, she was. It was like two years old. Yeah. Um, it was going to be her third year by that, like later that year. Kaylee. Yeah. Three years old. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. They lived, uh, and they lived with Casey's parents, I believe, and George and Cindy. And then uh, Cindy reported the, so Cindy, the Maja. Of, the grandma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. M- yeah. Mother of Casey. Mm-hmm. Uh, reported the missing person's call to 911 and said she had not seen Kaylee for 31 days and that Casey's car smelled like a dead body had been inside it. We'll get uh, a little more in detail about that later. Um, Cindy said that Casey would... uh, Do you know much about this? Yeah. Oh. Casey said that... Or I'm sorry. Cindy said that Casey would give uh, many different explanations to where Kaylee was before finally telling her that she had not seen her because she was kidnapped by a nanny on June 9th. Um, yeah, which is also BS. And we'll get into that. So these are just kind of bullet points, and then we kind of expand on each one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also Casey claimed that she had been trying to find her and was too frightened to alert the authorities, which is... What? What? Yeah, yeah, which is... your daughter? Yeah, I know. And for 31 days? Mm -hmm. You kidding me? 
Uh, Casey was then charged uh, with first-degree murder in October 2008 and pleaded not guilty. And December 11th, uh, 2008, two-year-old Kaylee's uh, skeletal remains were found with a blanket inside a trash bag in a wooded area near the Anthony's family's house. So it was found close to them. Suspicious? I think not. Um, There was a reportedly duct tape found near the front of the skull and the mouth. And this is why they ruled it a homicide, because of the duct tape found near the skull, um, obviously. Uh, the trial lasted six weeks and was trying. they were obviously trying to prosecute, originally, Casey with a death penalty. Um, but the defense claimed that Kay- Kaylee had drowned in the family pool on June 16, 2008, and George Anthony disposed of the body. So I guess this is the story that Casey told her lawyers and everything, which <laughs> I don't know. Like if that happened, why don't you just call nine one one? Yeah. Yep. I, exactly. Uh, the defense claimed that uh, Casey lied about uh, this because of other issues with her dysfunctional upbringing and sexual abuse by her father. Ew. Yeah. Uh, hey, the that's in my story too. Oh really? The defense did not have any evidence on how Kaylee died or have the evidence that Kaylee's father sexually abused her. So I, I they were just kind of putting pieces together but from stories and everything, but it sounds like that really didn't hold much water. Um, so on July 5th, 2011, uh, the jury found Casey not guilty of first-degree murder aggravated child abuse, and aggravated manslaughter of a child. Uh, however, they did find her guilty of four misdemeanor, misdemeanor account, uh, accounts of providing false information to a law enforcement officer, and she was released for the BS drowning in the pool thing. She was released on July 17, 2011, and lying about the, uh, the nanny, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, George claimed that Casey left the family's home on June 16, 2008 and took her daughter with her um, and didn't return for 31 days. Cindy then had reportedly uh, asked many times to see Kaylee, but Casey claimed that she was too busy with a work assignment in Tampa. This kind of gets confusing because there's Casey, Cindy, and Kaylee. They all start with C's. Uh, other, yes. yep. Uh, other, other times she claimed that Kaylee was uh, with the nanny who ha- was claimed to be. So there's a name Zanita, Zanaida, Rebada. How do you spell that? Z e n a i d a. Um, I'll just say Zanaida. Zanaida, yeah. Fernandez Gonzalez. Or at a at a theme park, or she said she was with the nanny, or at a theme park, or at the beach. Well, um, which one is it? She would say like she would give excuse oh, different excuses she'd each be like, time. Oh, she's yeah. At a theme park, yeah. She's at the beach. So it was always some gotcha. some excuse. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, the odd thing is, is this woman actually did exist, but she had never met Casey or Kaylee or in fact, any member of the Anthony family or friends. Yeah. What? 
Yeah, I know. No idea where she got her name. Um, she just like made up a random name and yep. turned out to be a real person. Can you imagine being this person and being roped into this and you have like, yeah, you know, maybe she got her name from the, uh, cause she worked at, um, where's that, uh, the Disney place. Disney world. Yeah. I think, I think she, well, I, for, I forget which one's which. Disney World and Disneyland. Oh, yeah, Disney World in Florida. Yeah. Um. Maybe she got her name there. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So then, uh, there was this other. So on July thirteenth, two thousand eight, George and Cindy found a notice from the post office for a certified letter on their front door, and uh, George ended up going to pick up this letter. On uh, July 15th, 2008, George found out Casey's car was in the tow yard. Um, and George picked up the car and noticed an extreme strong smell from the trunk. They believed that the odor was from a decomposing body. When they opened the trunk, it contained a bag of trash, but no human remains. Cindy then reported Kaylee missing on July 15th. Um which is what I was talking about. So then now this is when her mom called and said she's missing, and then now there's a strong smell after we found her car. Uh, when detectives started looking into the case, they found many discrepancies in Casey's signed statement. Casey said that Kaylee was kidnapped by the nanny, but there was actually never a nanny at all. So she wasn't even, I think I said that earlier, she wasn't a nanny at all. Um, and then... Yeah, like I said, Kaylee was never seen with a nanny ever. And then, especially not this Zenato woman. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I told you wrong. It wasn't Disney World. It was Universal Studios. Casey told police that she was working at Universal Studios on July 16th, uh, 2008, which is obviously the day after Kaylee was reported missing. Um, and then, so cops actually said, Hey, can you show me your office, uh, or where you worked? And then whenever she got there, she finally admitted that she would fire, she was fired years before. <laughs> so she got that far to say, <laughs> like led them there, you know, and it was like, Oh, never mind. Oh my God. So, so I'm, I'm assuming that maybe is where she got that one woman's name, mm. saw it somewhere. That other poor woman, though, I mean, could you imagine somebody's calling you and telling you, yeah, you're accused of kidnapping this little girl. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? Um, So Casey was arrested on July 16th and was charged the following day with giving false statements to law enforcement, child neglect and obstruction of criminal investigation. Um, the judge denied bail, and then on July 22nd, 2008, the judge set a bail after another hearing, which is stupid, for $500,000. This is also really stupid. After one month of incarceration, incarceration, she was released from Orange County Jail after her $500,000 bond was posted by the nephew of a California bail bondman, Leonard Padilla in hopes that she would cooperate and Kaylee would be found. Why did you let this bitch out of uh, jail? Yeah. 
in hopes that she would cooperate and Kaylee's body would be found. She's the murderer. All right, August 11th, a lot, uh, August 11th, 12th, and 14th, 2008, uh, meter, uh, meter reader. Meter reader. Meter maid. Roy Cronk called police about a suspicious object found in a forested area near the Anthony residence. I don't understand how he would have wandered into the woods and found this, but... Maybe he saw it from the road. Maybe. That's, yeah. He, I'm not blaming him for anything, it's but... probably only like 10 feet into the woods because yeah. this bitch... Is dumb, yeah. yeah. Uh, he was instructed to first call the tip line by sheriffs, so he called the sheriff's office, or the police, and the sheriff said, hey, call the tip line first... Uh, which he did, and received no return call, which is ridiculous and stupid. Um, on the second instance, so good for this Roy guy to call again, uh, he called again and was met by two police officers and reported to them that he had seen what appeared to be a skull near a gray bag. The officer conducted a short search, search and stated that nothing was found, which is suspicious. Then on December uh, December 11th, 2008, so this is months later, he once again called the police and they searched and found the remains in a trash bag. Over the next, how they didn't find it the first time, I don't know. Over the next four days before bones were found in the wooded area near the spot where the remains initially had been discovered. Uh, December 19th, 2008. Medical examiner John Jan Jan Garaviglia Baglia Garavaglia. Jesus Christ. What? Nothing. Uh confirmed that the remains found were those of Kaylee Anthony. Uh the death was ruled a homicide. Uh but the reason are you gonna talk about the the I'm gonna I'm gonna act this out so I don't say it. The I the heart shaped, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a heart shaped sticker on the on the duct tape. Yeah. So and then duct tape on Kaylee's mouth. And yeah. Then, like one of those Valentine heart yeah. stickers, like. Yeah, but then they said that it was actually decomposed, or it was like washed away or decomposed, like. Yeah, with the body, so like they couldn't actually match it, but they could tell what it was before. Do you know something else about it? No. Oh, I, oh. It's, it's just so messed up. It is weird. It's really weird. So messed up. Yeah. And then uh, the death was ruled a homicide, but the reason is undetermined. Um, because Casey Anthony didn't want a kid. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about why she came up in the news yeah. recently. Um, my birthday, September 5th, 2008. She was released again on bail, but had to wear a tracking device or was on house arrest. Um, and then, uh, so there was, for evidence, there was apparently 400 pieces of evidence that was presented in court. Um, one of the things was a strand of hair that was recovered from the trunk of Casey's car, which was matched and micros microscopically similar to the hair taken from Kaylee's toothbrush. Um, I don't know, like, obviously, 
there's something there, but they just swept it under the rug, I guess. I don't know. It seems weird. Um, they found chemical compounds consistent with D, uh, with a decompose decomposition event. Um, but, uh, apparently human decomposition was not specified on the laboratory scale. Um, and then another thing is, is they found chloroform in the trunk. Hmm. So they think that she... Uh, what is it? What's the past tense? Chloroformed her, the, the daughter, and then strangled her to death. But that's just a guess, but not sure. Dear God. Yeah. Um, they found extensive computer searches on Casey's computer that searched chloroform 84 times to suggest uh, that Anthony had planned to commit murder. The problem is, is this computer program <laughs> that they created to search for that on her computer ended up being, uh, there was a bug in it. <laughs> so it had actually only been searched once. Mm. Um, so. Still. Yeah. Once is enough. Yeah. But I mean. Especially after finding it before searching it before finding remnants of it in a trunk. Yeah. The trunk of her car. That's weird. Yeah. It is weird, but I mean, we probably both Google some suspicious stuff too, but we don't act upon it. Mm, yeah, probably. But still. yeah. But that's just. Like, because if I hear this, I'm like, what does chloroform do to the body? <laughs> yeah, but you're not yeah. going to find chloroform in the trunk of your car. We're not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you don't even uh, have a trunk. Uh, no. So, um, yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. She's oh, uh, why she's in the news now is because she is um, married again, or has a boyfriend, but she wants a kid again. That's a bad idea. Yep. I can't believe that's it. Just not a good idea. Yeah. Um, you forgot the part where, like, while Kaylee was missing, supposedly missing, there were pictures of Casey, like, out partying at, like, oh, clubs and bars. I and didn't stuff. see that. Yeah. Nope. Really? Like, having fun, like, standing on tables, like, dancing and stuff or whatever. What an idiot. No, I didn't see that. Yeah. And huh. after, apparently, after this, like, case broke, what did I see? or after she was, um, like, found not guilty, people, like, there were reports of people in Florida, like, driving, um, like, cars that looked like hers off the road. Wait, driving? Like oh, really? Like, who thought it was her, they would, like... <laughs> Try to run her, yeah, because yeah. they hated her, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. Are you looking up the pictures of her yeah. dancing? Yeah. yeah. I remember they were, like, all over TV when this case was happening. That's crazy. I don't really remember it. I don't remember hearing. I'm a little bit, but not a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember it was huge, and we, like, we followed it and stuff. Here it is. <laughs> that was when her daughter was missing. That's crazy. She's, like, dancing with 
people and drinking and stuff. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I see. There's more. Mm-hmm. And she, like, yeah. Doesn't even look... Sad? Yeah. I know people grieve in different ways, but... <laughs> no, nah, I don't I think don't you think grieve this way. Yeah. I don't think but, I mean, does. you know what? Her her daughter might have just been with a nanny. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Hey, wait. Uh, are you going to talk now? Well, I was planning on it. Oh, okay. Because I need to plug in my charger. I forgot to plug in my charger we'll for my it. laptop. Okay. All right. Take it. Are going to? Oh, okay. Well, I, mean, I don't know why you didn't just pause it, but okay. Um. Let me get to it. All right, I'm back. Hey. Okay, so. I don't know who you're doing, so. the tradition of Florida murders, I'm doing the case of Eileen Warnos. Don't know who that is. Yeah, you do. Okay, so this is a sad story because, I mean, Eileen never had a chance. Warnos? Yeah, she never had a chance. Don't look it up. I, I just want to see who what no, she looks like. Don't. No, don't. Put your I, phone down. Put I might down. know what she looks like, and then I know. You said I know her. Okay. All right. It's sad because from birth, her life sucked. Um, if you've ever heard or seen the 2003 film Monster with Charlize Theron and Christina Ricci, based, um, then you'll know it's based off the life of Eileen, and you'll have an idea of what this case is about. Okay. Were you, what? I was wondering where my cup went. I put it in the oh, sink. Oh, I wasn't done with it. Oh, well, it was oh. sitting on the chair, so I figured well, you were done. No open containers near my laptop. <laughs> okay, well, uh. it was empty. So okay. I put it in the sink where the dirty dishes go. All right. Okay, anyways. Anyway, Eileen Warnos was born on February 29th, 1956 in Ro- Rochester, Michigan. Um, so soon after she was birthed into this world, Eileen's father was incarcerated for child molestation and completed suicide in prison. Ew. Well, good. Son of a bitch can die. After finding out that her husband was dead, Eileen's mother abandoned her and her older brother to be adopted by their grandparents. So you might think, like, okay, everything's fine. They're with their grandparents. Like, it's okay. Wrong. Eileen's grandmother was an alcoholic, and her grandfather was a pedophile. Jeez. The cycle continued. No. I mean... I think I think they were her mom's um, parents. Mm-hmm. So like that just goes to show if like the mom was abu- like sexually abused by the grandpa, then she like ended up with a child abuser, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting. Okay, so Eileen and her brother were regularly molested by their grandfather, which led to sexual relations between Eileen and her brother Keith. You following? Yeah. Okay. Um, so they were molested so much that, like, they started, like, Keith, like, started molesting Eileen. Um, and at the age of 14, Eileen became pregnant with her brother's baby, which was put up for adoption. So she was put into, like, a home for teenage, like, you know, pregnant girls or whatever. Mm-hmm. Had the baby. It was put up for adoption. Went back. Did it have, like, three heads or anything? No, no, not that I know of. It was adopted and, like, living a normal life, I think. Um, 
I'm going to take a drink of water. Oh, okay. Ah, refreshing. You can edit that out. Um, I don't have time for that. Okay, so um, after having the baby, she returned home to her grandparents' house, but her grandmother died, and she was kicked out of the house and turned to sex work in exchange for food, drugs, and cigarettes. However, after getting kicked out of the house, sex work wasn't something new to her that she just decided to dip her toe into because she had started sex working in school at the age of nine. What? Yeah. Nine? What did they trade? Monopoly money? No, I just said, like, food. Yeah, I know, but... Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean she was sex working with other nine-year-olds. Ah, yeah, that's true. That's gross. Yeah. Okay, so at the age of 18, she was arrested for driving under the influence and disorderly conduct and eventually settled the case in a Florida court where she met a wealthy yachtsman named Louis Fell. Um, So finally, you're like, okay, she's meeting this nice, wealthy, older gentleman, like, they get married two years later in 1976. You think, like, her life is all good. Nope. You Finally. can't change a person like that. Um, but Fell annulled the marriage shortly after when Eileen was arrested for an altercation. So. And who knows? Maybe he was a piece of crap. We don't know. Yeah, that's true. But still. Um, maybe the altercation was her punching him in the face because he was, like, Trying to choke her. I don't know. Yeah. It didn't say. Okay, so um, in 1981, she robbed a convenience store with a pistol wearing a bikini. She was wearing a bikini. The pistol wasn't wearing a bikini. <laughs> um, and was sentenced to prison and released two years later in 1983. So she was involved in a handful of other charges all the way up until 1986. Um, when she was cruising biker bars in Daytona and met 24-year-old um, Tyria Moore in a lesbian bar called Zodiac. So everything with Eileen's criminality cooled off during the time her and Tyria were together. So like she finally found someone she like felt safe with and felt like she could depend on and be herself with. So And she wasn't even... Um, a lesbian. She just like finally found someone that made her feel safe and they began a relationship. Yeah. Said that last time though and she got married. No. Oh. I never said she felt safe and okay. Oh yeah. I get, okay. Yeah that's true. But she finally like found someone that made her feel okay and she began a relationship with them even though she wasn't even a lesbian. Um, but there is a lesbian sex scene in the movie Monster, so if you're into that, <laughs> you can watch that movie. <laughs> um, so during the like basically first three years they were together, like she didn't get into hardly any trouble. Like legally, she didn't really get into any trouble. Um, and they relied on her money from sex working and Tyria's money from odd jobs to get them by. Uh, However, in late 1989, Eileen's year-long murder spree would be the beginning of the end. I wrote that myself. Clever. Thanks. 
In November of 89, Richard Mallory, an electronics store owner and convicted rapist, picked up Eileen for sex work when she shot him several times, later stating in court that she killed him in self-defense. Um, two days after his murder, police found Mallory's abandoned vehicle, um, and two weeks after finding his abandoned vehicle, they found his body miles away from his car in a wooded area. Murder hmm. number one. About six months later, um, 43-year-old construction worker David Spears was found dead along Florida State Road 19. He had been shot six times. Murder number two. A week later, the body of Charles Karskadon, a 40-year-old rodeo worker, hmm, was found in Pasco County. He had been shot nine times. Murder number three. Peter Symes, a 65-year-old retired merchant who had spent most of his time devoted to a Christian outreach ministry, went missing. Police found his car in Orange Springs, Florida, after it was involved in a hit-and-run accident. Um, witnesses say they saw two women, described as Eileen Warnos and Tyria Moore, running from the car into nearby woods. Um... Police fingerprinted the car and found Eileen's handprint on the interior by the uh, door handle. So they kind of like had an idea formulating in their minds of mm -hmm. who could be doing all of this. Um, and as for Symes, his body was sadly never found. Murder number four. In July of 1990, no. Um, in July of 1990, Troy Burgess, a sausage salesman from Ocala, was reported missing. Oh. Less than a week later, his body was found along a wooded area on State Road 19. That's where uh, those a data remembers from. Yep. He had been shot twice. My dad used to live in Ocala. Um, in September of 1990, Charles Humphreys, a 56-year-old retired Air Force major, State child abuse investigator and chief of police was found dead in Marion County, Florida. He had been shot six times. Murder number six. And lastly, in November of 1990, 62-year-old trucker Walter Antonio's nearly naked body was found near a remote logging road in Dixie County. You say naked? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's my southern, southern Illinois accent. Mm -hmm. I don't say naked. I say naked. 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 In Dixie County. Um, so, like, <laughs> we've always talked about this case in my family because my dad was, like, I was in living in Ocala, Florida, and I would eat at the truck stop that she picked men up at. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember yeah. this, yeah. He was, like, I lived there in the um, the late 70s, and, like, and then we figured out, like, Dad, you were there before she started murdering people. But he was there, like, late 70s, early 80s, right before this and he was like i would eat he was like i would eat biscuits and gravy at this truck stop that she would pick men up at all the time like before she started doing it hmm. he's like i ate there like every week can i look up who she was now yeah irene irene what eileen eileen a-i-l-e-e-n w oh okay i got okay. it yeah you got it yeah okay um she She's is prettier rough in her looking. younger years. Prettier in oh. her younger years. Um, she is rough looking. She looks like every middle-aged woman from my hometown. 
Um, anyway. Where were we? Oh, okay. So police found some of the victim's belongings in pawn shops throughout the Florida area where she was working. Um, they fingerprinted these objects and found matching prints to Eileen's handprint in the hit-and-run accident. So they're like, we know it's her. We just can't figure out how to pin her for it. Um, they suspected she had been doing all these murders, but they had no substantial evidence to charge her with. So in January of 1991, police found her in a biker bar called The Last Resort. And they arrested her for an outstanding warrant, hmm. having to do with somewhat, some completely something else, like not yeah. even related to the murder. So that's how they got her, and got her in jail. And then got her fingerprints or something uh-huh. from there. Yeah. So in order to get Eileen's confessions on the murder, the police played her heartstrings like a tiny little violin. <laughs> um, they <laughs> found they found Tyria more. Eileen's ex-girlfriend in Pennsylvania. Um, she was visiting some family for the holidays, um, and they asked her to um, help them get Eileen's confession. So Tyria agreed to help them um, get Eileen's confession in exchange for immunity from prosecution. So she was like, "Yeah, I'll help you get the confession if you don't um, charge me with anything." Which, like, she had stated um, that Tyria had stated that she, um, like, knew that Eileen was doing something, like, because she would always show up with, like, these different cars and these different, like, things that, like, she'd always, like, get these new things that didn't belong to her. Like, she Mm -hmm. knew that Eileen couldn't afford. Right. So, like, she was getting all this new stuff or, like, you know, new to her stuff and all these different cars. So, like, Tyria knew that she was doing something she didn't know what but she told Eileen she was like I don't want to know what you're doing because I don't want to be an accessory well yeah so she was like do whatever you like feel like you need to do but don't involve me in it and don't tell me about it hmm. um, which I mean still kind of crafty but yeah anyway so they um, police brought Tyria Moore back to Florida. So they brought her, paid for her to go back to Florida, put her in a hotel room, and they rigged the phone in the hotel room to record all of her conversations. Um, so three days well later. That's, so that's good for the ex-girlfriend to cooperate with police, though. Well, she only did it so that she wouldn't be arrested for anything. Yeah, but. She wasn't yeah. going to say anything. Yeah, I know, but. Um, so this. She could also not do it. Yeah, this girl, um, Tyria Moore, is played by Christina Ruschi in the film Monster, which, if you don't know who Christina Ruschi is, it's she plays Wednesday Adams in the old, like the pig ta- the braided pigtails. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the old oh, Adams Oh, yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. she's, like, obviously older. Yeah. Um, that's who, and I mean, they're pretty, um, filmmakers were being very um over the top uh nice mm. <laughs> with how they portrayed Tyria more oh and her physical appearance but oh. Tyria that's not more for me to judge they look nothing alike I'll just say that okay, okay. um so 
Boop, 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 beep, bop, bop. Boop. <laughs> nope, they do not look anything alike at all. Oh, no. Okay, so they set up her phone. Stop it. Put the phone down. Put it down. She's got a mullet. Put it down. <laughs> it was the 80s slash 90s. That's what was in. Um, yeah, for dudes. Stop. Okay, all right, anyways. Okay. I'm going to grow a mullet now <laughs> in spite of you. Okay. So, um, they rigged the phone to record all of her phone conversations, and after numerous phone calls, three days later, um, Eileen confessed to all the murders, stating that she um, killed the men in self-defense because the men had tried to rape her. Um, So, a year later, in January of 1992... Eileen went to trial for the murder of Richard Mallory, who was the first person she murdered. In 1989, he was the convicted rapist um, that she shot. Uh, shot. Oh, I didn't say. But they found two bullets in his lung, which were the, um, what led to his death, essentially. So, um, she went to trial for him, for his murder. Um, uh, with the help of Tyria's testimony, Eileen was convicted of the murder. She was found guilty. So, a psychiatrist appointed to Eileen stated that she was mentally unstable and diagnosed her with borderline personality disorder and antisocial personality disorder. Four days later, she was sentenced to death. Any questions? Did they actually fulfill that? What? Like, actually, she kill her? I'll tell you. In March of 1992, Warnos pleaded no contest to the murders of three other victims because she, quote, wanted to get right with God, unquote. She was given three more death sentences. (laughs) She was like, no contest. I don't want to do this because I want to get right with God. And they're like, all right, well, you're guilty. So three more death sentences. Um, Later that year in June, she pleaded guilty to the murder of Karkskadon and received a fifth death sentence. Then a year later in June of 1993, she pled guilty to the murder of Antonio and received a sixth death sentence. The only murder she was not charged for was Symes because his body was never found. And Symes is the car involved in the hit and run mm-hmm. that they got the print off of. The the priest or preacher guy? Uh, Something to do with church? Um, it doesn't matter. It, yeah. No, let me look. Let me look. Um, yes. Most of his time devoted to a Christian outreach ministry. That's what it is, yeah. Um... During an interview, Eileen stated that she couldn't stand being on death row and just wanted to die. Uh, Later, while in prison, she was given a psychopathy checklist. So this checklist is scored from 0 to 40, 40 being the most psychotic symptoms you can have. And she scored a 32. Dang. Out of 40. Um, So obviously had some stuff going on in that brain of hers. Um, by 2001, 
Eileen was sick of all the appeals and all the transfers to different prisons. Oh, you poor thing. And no, well, she was, I'll tell you, she wasn't sick of it because she was like, oh, this is too much for me. She wrote a petition to the Florida Supreme Court requesting to dismiss her legal counsel and terminate all pending appeals. So she was like, no, stop it. Like, I don't want any more, like, chances to get out. She was like, she she basically said that, she was like, yeah, I killed those men in cold blood and mm-hmm. I would do it again. Oh. She was like, I would kill them again if I had the chance. She was like, I'm sick of taxpayers' money being wasted on my hearings. And I'm sick of hearing all this, like, oh, she's crazy and stuff like that. And she was like, I'm over it. I just don't care about it anymore. Like, just put me to death and let it be over with. Um, so her execution took place on October 9th, 2002 at 9.47 a.m. via lethal injection. Mm. She declined her last meal. Um, which they said, you can have a meal that costs up to $20, but <laughs> you can have. And she was like, I'm good. Just give me a cup of coffee. So that was her last meal was a cup of coffee. Excuse me. And her last words were, yes, I'd like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus. June 6th, like the movie, big mothership and all. I'll be back. I'll be back. That's weird. So, I mean, there's obviously you can see some. I mean, I don't know the context of the conversation, but also she said, like, while she was on death row in prison, like, she was, um, like, people would put, like, urine and dirt and, like, spit in her food, and, like, she got beat up all the time, and, um, like, she got strip, strip searched, like, frequently. Um, even though she was like, I had no reason to be strip searched. Yeah. And like the women were saying like they were going to rape her before she was executed and stuff. And she was like, I just want to get out of here. Just kill me already. So, um, Eileen, she was actually the 10th woman in the United States and the second woman in Florida to be executed. Hmm. Interesting. Her body was cremated and her ashes were spread beneath a tree in Michigan, her home state. Um, by a childhood friend. Warnos requested that Natalie Merchant's song, Carnival, be played at her funeral. And that is the case. The life and death of Eileen Warnos. Huh, interesting. Yeah. She crazy. Uh, she never really had a chance to begin with, you know? Yeah, the she childhood. Born into... Some effed up stuff, yeah. Lived in it. Right. That's all she knew. Yeah. Extreme abuse. Yeah. Still, I know. I know what you mean, but damn. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, what should we do next week? I don't know. You're the one that's better at this. Well, um... Let's do, uh, let's do, since we just saw a great concert last night, let's do murders involving, like, like, bands and musicians and stuff like that. Uh, okay. Okay. That's an interesting one. Yeah. All right. Cool. All righty then. We'll see you next week. All righty. Bye.